0: We are continuing with our technology series. So this is an entire month dedicated to something that is so prevalent and so important in the lives of entrepreneurs, especially, but those of us raising kids and technology is just our reality. It is there, it is boisterous, it is loud, and it is infiltrated. So we have to know how to raise babies and raise businesses in a technological era And it's pretty common to just go through life adapting naturally to what comes next. We've seen the uprising of technology, but, and oftentimes it's to our benefit, I'll also say. And because it didn't all strike overnight where we went from no technology and like a corded phone attached to the wall to a smartphone in our pocket, and it was a slower evolution, we have gradually conformed and accepted what's come with it. But being informed... Is different than conforming for sure. And being conscious of how technology targets us, targets our kids, and making the decision as business owners, too, how and when we will use and leverage tech ourselves in our own marketing and where we're gonna draw the line and what's ethical to us is so important. So today we're sharing some pretty enlightening and sometimes kind of scary data and information to help you make more conscientious. Decisions for your family, for your business, for yourself. How are companies targeting you? How are they actively targeting your children? What is really going on that we're not being told and what to do about it? How can we keep tech as a tool, not as something that rules us? And how can we equip ourselves as entrepreneurs and parents that are raising businesses and babies at the same time in this modern era? So let's dive into it. This is a beefy one. But there's some really good information in this episode. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something and you want to be known for it too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. For the most part, it's pretty unrealistic to just block out tech, to be a family that says we are completely tech-free. And if you're an entrepreneur and you've figured out how to do that, likely you own some kind of small business locally that's word of mouth. Otherwise, you advertise online. And as soon as you create a footprint, as soon as you use your credit card online, as soon as you have a cell phone, as soon as you have a computer that you're using, you're not off the grid. A lot of people like to disillusion themselves into thinking that maybe they are less- online than other people. But once you're on there, you're on there. People can look up your information. It's kind of creepy. And I remember this one period when we were moving from Boston before we moved to Wisconsin, my husband had in his brain, we are going off the grid. And he read this whole book over the course of a month and did all this research on how to be off grid. He even changed his name at our mailing address and we put our house in a trust and we did all these things so stuff wouldn't be traced back to us only to find out well we're still going to use a credit card and we still have an online business it's just like okay this is not really viable because what we learned was once you do one thing online you're doing it all online and it's really really important for our children to understand These principles, too, because they're growing up in an era that's telling them, you know, oh, use Snapchat because the information disappears. It never disappears. You don't get to erase that digital footprint. So, this episode's chocked full of data and information around how they target us, how companies use technology and your front facing camera and all of these different things to advertise to us, to our kids. And if you're an entrepreneur, which I'm sure you are if you listen to this show, you have to make some ethical decisions of what feels like crossing the line for you when it comes to advertising and targeting. Because the reality is we have to market, we have to put our name out there, but there might be some strategies that really don't feel aligned with your values and your personal moral compass. So the first thing I want to talk about is how target advertising actually works. So there are a bunch of different ways that people and companies leverage target advertising. Common examples are through social media. So you will see when you log into Facebook on your computer along the side you might see some advertisements or things that are relevant to your location or where you know where you live or what you do for a living or whether you're a parent. There's behavioral advertising too. Many sites will use Your purchasing history, so what you've bought, right, what you've purchased in the past to then advertise other things to you. You see this on Amazon all the time, recommending products or suggesting things based on what they've seen you purchase before. You also see through social media, a lot of times you're going to get ads that you're like, man, this is exactly what I was looking for. Well, in a little bit, we're going to talk about why that happens. It's not just coincidence. And then there's search engine advertising. So this is when you are targeted based on your search engine use. So when you go into Google and you're Googling specific things, when you're Googling how to bake an organic gluten-free cake, now they know you're baking organic and gluten-free and you're going to get advertised different things. So how can you do this? ethically and effectively yourself if you're a business owner. I just want to touch on that for a second. It makes sense in a lot of ways to use targeted advertising, but I think you have to be transparent about what you do. A lot of companies are not. They're trying to do this very much behind the scenes. Um, You have to be very protective of any client's data or sensitive information. You don't use that information against them to target them. And you have controls and you have boundaries around how and what you use this for. Because the last thing you want to do is be in a place of hypocrisy where you're like, man, I hate that they do this to us. And then you're over here with your team constructing a strategy to use the same targeting tools that don't sit well with you, that you don't like used against you to use on your prospects and prospective clients. So here's where things get totally creepy. And I know for a lot of people, a couple of years ago, this was some weird, you know, tinfoil hat conversation, but it's happening. (laughs) This is reported readily. This is something that you could look into doing yourself if you wanted to be mega creepy in how you market for your business. But facial recognition advertising. And there's a reason I've got a huge beef with this particular. Type of targeting and advertising, especially when it comes to our kids. So, facial recognition ads, they are using your, let's use like at home stuff, for example, to start. So, your cell phone, your laptop, they're using your front facing camera, the camera that when you pick up your phone or when you're on your laptop is just naturally on you, even if it's not technically on or you didn't turn it on. They are actively using that tool to see your face and determine how they want to advertise to you accordingly. Yes, this is real. So they can be very targeted. They can be very personalized. They can tell if you're a man or a woman. They can tell if you're an adult or a child. A child has a different bone structure than an adult. It gets very granular. So there are sensors in your cameras that can recognize your face. And now once you've already been... You have a digital footprint. So, you've put pictures of your kids on social media. That's a whole other rabbit hole that we could go down and a moral argument that people stand on both sides of that fence. Or, there are pictures of you that have existed on Facebook from your college years or whatever. You're on Google. That system of facial recognition advertising can scan those or does scan those photos. And now it can literally recognize your face. That's why in your phone now, there are tools that say, oh, are you looking for pictures like in your camera? You know, if you're like me, you have like, I don't even know, 20 plus thousand photos in your camera roll, probably more. And you're like, oh, I wish I could find a really good picture of my six-year-old and of my son. And I don't wanna scroll through 20,000 photos. Well, you can literally click the picture of him, and it will recognize him at six, and it will recognize him at six months as the same person in your phone and everything in between. So that's facial recognition. The same thing's happening on Google and Facebook and Instagram and all these different tools where we kind of mindlessly put ourselves out there not thinking about how it can be used. Now, I blanket this entire conversation today with the reality that We're probably not hiding from this because it's also being used even if you were the type that is like me and I have a piece of tape over my camera on my phone and on my laptop, especially if my kids are around, that I only take off when I'm actively using that camera for something. Even if you're like me and you do those kind of things, you're not hiding from this technology. If I left my phone at home and I went shopping There are cameras and stores that are using this technology and actually using it for their advertising so i don't say this to freak you out it's just like this is kind of the nature of the beast right now that we can't hide from it so how can we armor up how can we equip ourselves and how can we make ethical decisions as business owners and as parents as to how we want to parent and and lead through such a weird time in history There was an article in Business News Daily that talked about this facial recognition software at a Walgreens and there are actual sensors and cameras in the refrigerator doors that connect to face detection technology that can identify a customer's age and gender. Okay, so you're walking in Walgreens, you're passing the refrigerated aisle and on the front of those screens, they have, you know, ads that like digital ads that can pop up. They can glean these external factors of your face, and it runs it immediately and instantly through a system that says, oh, this is a woman who's in her mid-30s. And it can also say, and it happens to be really hot outside, <laughs> and it can pick up on the person's emotions at what they're looking at. So if you're kind of furrowing your brow or you're smiling, and then the door can have a responsive ad based on all of those things. like. Taking in all of this data, she probably wants a Pepsi. Or taking in all of this data, she's really thirsty for a bottle of water, but she only drinks Fiji. To me, that feels like crossing bounds, especially because it's not informed consent. There's nothing telling you that that's happening. I wouldn't have known that had I not read this article. You know, If I hadn't gone down this rabbit hole to learn this stuff to bring it to you, there are a lot of things that we're not made aware of, which makes it really fishy. And then again, this is happening to our children. So when it comes to our kids, it really chaps my ace because I don't like that our children are being susceptible to this kind of stuff. You can't lock them in a basement. I mean, I suppose you could, but I don't know how, <laughs> how much that would serve them. But you do need to be aware of this stuff and understand how tech does target. Now, here's where it gets really obvious that there's something going on. So a few times now, people like Mark Zuckerberg, who obviously run things like Facebook, and they're like the digital kings and all of that. People have noticed pictures that he's taken of himself where he has tape over his camera. So when the people that are doing the deed... Are protecting themselves against it, It's to me, it's a major red flag. It's like, wow, I even put something over here because this is so scary. And people have started noticing that. You probably have also noticed that you'll be talking about something with a friend or whatever in person, not even like on your cell phone, but your cell phone is somewhere in range of that conversation. And then you get advertising for something in that realm of the conversation. You're like, oh, so weird, so coincidental. No, if you think that you just shut off your hey Siri on your phone and you've protected yourself, you think your phone is only listening when you say the phrase, hey Siri. No, (laughs) it's listening all the time. That's what it's designed to do. If you don't believe me, you can deep dive into this for yourself and see how the technology is produced. And assuming like, you're like me where you want the bite size and you don't want to necessarily know how the whole sausage is made. I'm not bringing you every little piece of tech that is woven into these devices, but you can search this stuff and find this stuff out for yourself. The other thing is that many companies deny doing this. They won't admit to using your camera without your permission. There are also companies that weave it into the fine print. Companies like Instagram and other tools where if you've I'm guessing you haven't read their multiple pages of terms of agreement, but you've clicked that you agree, aka you're using the app, they will point blank say, hey, we have access to your camera, or we get to use your photos, whatever photos are on your phone, even if you're not bringing them into Instagram. So being aware of this stuff and understanding how it affects your digital footprint and how to raise kids with this, it might. Really make you rethink how you allow technology for your children and at what ages and how you do it and how you have conversations around it. To turn a blind eye to it is to really set yourself, your kids up for a major potential harm and failure. We're going to have an entire episode that goes into things like catfishing and even more horrifyingly into how predators are using this against children. In gaming, if your kids are into gaming, uh, even if you aren't even thinking about the fact that your kid's sitting in front of a TV, but there's still a front-facing camera on it, or um, they're able to connect with other people who are pretending to be adult or pretending to be other kids playing these games, but they're actually targeting your kids. So that's for a different episode, but it's an unfortunate reality that we have to face. We have to be so hyper-vigilant and aware of this stuff, so that we can make leadership decisions accordingly. There were a series of parents that came out, which is something that my husband and I recently tested. Our kids are young, seven and under. They don't have cell phones. They don't have tablets, nor will they any time soon, maybe when they're like 30. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so there were these parents coming out sharing videos that they were posting online saying, hey, we noticed this is happening. It's really creepy. You should be aware of it. It doesn't say Anything about this in the terms and agreement where their kids would be using it was like a family tablet, so everybody used it the parents, the kids, and the kids would be using that iPad and watching YouTube. And they'd put on like the parents would put on an age appropriate video, but it's free YouTube, so you're getting advertisements in the middle of whatever show they're watching. So let's say they're watching, you know, Dora the Explorer or something, I don't know, and the kids would get at first kid-like advertising for toys and things that the kids are going to go to the parents and be like, I really want this thing. Betty pees a lot and I really want this doll and whatever. And then they started noticing, because they were hearing from the other room, the advertising starting to get gradually more promiscuous and not appropriate for kids. It wasn't even necessarily advertising a thing, but a concept or a message. Something that was completely inappropriate for children. And after documenting this from off to the side, so their faces, the parents' faces weren't being caught in the camera, but they were videoing what the ads were based on sound and whatever they were hearing. They started to see how the advertising would like very gently shift from kid-appropriate things to things that weren't even, they're not even adult-appropriate, they're just not appropriate. They're just like things that, why is this being shown to anybody? Sometimes it was really scary or uh, sometimes it was sexual. Sometimes it was just things that just didn't make sense. And like I said, a lot of them weren't even advertisements for something. It's not like it was a movie that was rated R that was being advertised. It wasn't like it was you know, something that they were pushing them towards to purchase. It was just these thoughts and ideas that were being presented. So the parents did a test over a course of a month where they would put their faces and they would just you know let the iPad play or the tablet play on YouTube for a while and those ads never came up when the parents were their faces were detected on the camera but then the parents would move off to the side and put the kids faces in front of the camera and those ads would start to come up so just really corruptive gross stuff that it's like why is this happening and there's no question that the cameras can detect you know, the bone structure of a kid versus the bone structure of, a, of an adult and can tell when it's a kid, but the manipulative nature of those things. And I think that's the conversation to be having with your children, even as young as mine. I mean, my daughter's three and we are talking to her about how, you know, in terms that she can understand how and why we allow certain things and why we don't and how marketers and advertisers will target things. We don't have cable, so they're not like commercials are kind of foreign to them. Because, you know, when we go back to, like, my parents or something, they might watch a show on cable and then see a commercial and be like, oh, what's that? I want that toy or I want this or I want that. But we have conversations around that of, well, why did that pop up during your show? And what are those people trying to do? And how are they getting your brain to think? And just making them really independent, smart, aware kids is part of the equipping process. I also want to talk about how advertisers are specifically targeting your teens, because I feel like at that age, it's really tough because you have less control over the situation. If your kids are going off to school and they have a device in their pocket where they have access to the whole entire world, it's a really scary thought that oftentimes we don't think about at all because it's just so natural and it's so common. But when you think about the fact that they can access porn and they can access... Social media, where they can be criticized and commented on, and they can be uh, predators can have access to them through these devices. And then companies can be targeting them and really shift the way they think and view things and what they purchase. And they just have so much power over our kids, especially if we're not making our kids aware. A big thing that makes me super uneasy is that brands are also watching your teens' movements through various apps and online you know, activities or things that they do, social media, through gaming sites, through different tools, their location is being pinged through those things. So sometimes it's quote innocent in the sense of, oh, are you local and we're a local business and we're going to market to you. Other times, not so much. And it can, there are people that hack these things to get access to our kids' information. I feel like I'm, in the doom and gloom sector right now, and I apologize for that, but I just feel like people aren't aware of this stuff, and I know that uh, most people aren't going to take the time to do the level of research that we've done as a team, and we've, we're dedicating a month to this. <laughs> Honestly, it should be a year because it's such a big burden that we carry as parents in a modern age, the fact that our parents just really had to compete with you know, what was popping on the TV and now... Our kids have access to the entire world in their pocket when they're just not mentally at capacity for that. They just haven't developed the ability to make the right decisions and to do things in a way that are going to protect themselves. And they think of it completely innocently. And a lot of our kids are growing up completely steeped in technology. So this is not foreign to them. This is not scary to them. They don't know life pre-technology. So it has to be up to us, the ancient folk who were born back in the 1900s, to ground them in the reality of how detrimental this can be. Children as young as 13 are legally fair game to have their data collected. I didn't realize that. So there's a Children's Online Privacy Protection Act that somewhat protects kids under 13 from data collection. But when you think about it, unless you're putting something in for like 18 and older or 21 and older, they're not asking you, are you 11 or are you 13? So that's a very blurred line. And there are a lot of young kids that can just check the box saying, yeah, I'm over 13, even though they're 10, which means their data is being collected. I'm going to make the very bold and somehow controversial statement that young kids should not have freaking phones. And if you get them like I have a family member that bought their kid iPods, it's the same effing thing. <laughs> if you're hooked up to Wi-Fi, you have access to everything. They felt good about the fact that they're like, oh, it's not a phone. They can still text their friends, FaceTime their friends, go on social media, access the internet. It's the same thing, the same with a tablet. And if you just plop those parental controls on there thinking that you're, you know, that's going to do the job for you, their data is still being collected. The front camera's still being used. They still have access to stuff. People can still hack into it. It's just, it is not safe and it is not smart there are tools like gab social i'm not personally associated with them that allow your kid to let's say your kid is in school and you need them to be able to call you when it's time for pickup or different things that's like a big excuse i hear a lot as to why they bought their kids a thousand dollar smartphone which is a whole other conversation of spending that much money on something that a kid's probably going to break or lose or whatever so that they can call mom, like get them a friggin' flip phone. They can call you from that. They don't need access to the internet. As I'm talking, I'm like, man, we need like a, an episode on this and an episode of this because this stuff is so, so important to be looking into. And it's a, yes, it's annoying and nobody has the time to research this crap, but like, can you really afford not to? Can you really afford not to? Can you really afford to just let it happen with your children? And, and assume that even if you've made the, the strong decision to not be the one that gives in and gives your kid a phone or tablet, their friends have them. If they go to friends' houses, if they go to school, they're getting access to this stuff. So the conversations still need to happen. Advertisers are not just targeting teens. They're targeting young kids too. Your kids' devices, games, are selling them stuff behind your back. of downloaded apps for kids ages five and under, according to the Growth Partnership, use at least one type of advertising. And they use pop-up video ads. They tout themselves as educational games, but then they have characters persuading children to make an in-app purchase. There are banner ads. So they're actively being targeted through these apps. You might think your kid's just playing a game or even... A learning tool that you've purchased for part of their schooling or their curriculum, and they're still being advertised to there. A lot of these apps have are designed with the same level of veracity to target adults that they're targeting kids now, and kids don't know how to defend themselves against that. And you're not. The reality is, is you're not going to be sitting next to your kid the whole time they're using any kind of device. It's just not happening. So there aren't regulated apps for kids specifically, and parents can't afford to ignore what's actually going on. And finally, to kind of circle back to the fact that your phone is listening to you. (laughs) This is something that you used to be a conspiracy theorist if you said, which now it just is. Like I said before, you don't have to just say one specific phrase and your phone is listening. Or if you think your Alexa is only listening to you when you call her Alexa or whatever the Google one is, you're nuts. That's just not true. It is. There have been multiple articles showing how the police have used recordings that people didn't know that they were being recorded to ultimately capture criminals or different things that have gone on through tools like Alexa, through recordings, through phones. And there's a reason that you get these mysterious and coincidental ads that are exactly what you were talking about earlier that day when your phone was just sitting there in the other room. It's not coincidence. <laughs> We were, my husband and I were having a conversation and friends of ours were going through a really tough time in their marriage and we were chatting about it. And next thing I know for the next week, I'm being advertised divorce lawyers because we were talking about how they were going through this choppy time. Or my cousins and I were on a trip in Miami and we were at the beach and my phone was in our beach bag and we were talking about how my dad is obsessed with gorillas and loves Jane Goodall. And later that day, my cousin texts me, oh my gosh, and sent me screenshots. She's like, I'm getting Jane Goodall advertisements for her documentary. She's like, I've never watched anything Jane Goodall in my life. I've never talked about her until today. So it is an accurate truth that this is happening. Even when your phone is off, it's still able to be pinged. It's still able to record data. And your front-facing camera is not necessarily off, which is a whole nother level of creepy. Here's where I have a problem. I was reading an article doing this research on Vice, which tends to lean in a direction in favor of big tech and all that kind of stuff. And their argument was, unless you're a journalist or a lawyer, or you have some kind of role with sensitive information, the access to your data is really no big deal. Because if you're living a normal life and you're just talking about random things with your friends and you're not doing anything wrong, then who cares? How about I care? <laughs> I deserve to have my freedoms and my privacy protected in the comfort of my own home, let alone other places. So people try to argue that it's just it's just advertising, no big deal. They're not going to use it for harm. Well, it is harmful because people can dig into this stuff and really Um, take it to the next level and it affects buying and purchasing and mindset and all of these different things. In another article on digital trends, I was reading something by Michelle Mui. She's the acting director of the Center of Democracy and Technology's Privacy and Data Project. And she was saying that our smartphones are essentially small tracking devices and we might, might not think of them like that because they're very personal to us and they might travel with us and sleep next to us, but they are collectors of vast amounts of information, including audio and video information. So why do I share all of this? Well, because I think it helps to have information that you might not have the capacity to go seek out on your own condensed into one place. Uh, We will cite the articles where we pulled a lot of this information. If you'd like to go look at them, you can do some digging on your own. And it's really about awareness so that you can make the right decisions for you. You might be listening to this thinking, ah, my kids are smart, they'll figure it out. You might be listening to this thinking, heck no, my kids are not going to have a phone for quite some time. You might fall somewhere in between, you might not be sure yet, but being informed is huge. And as an entrepreneur, being informed so that you can ensure that you are leading your business with the level of integrity. You don't want to protect your kids from something that you're doing yourself. You don't want to be Mark Zuckerberg with, you know, a piece of tape over his laptop because he doesn't want his information taken as he's going and taking somebody else's. So you want to operate with an ethical sense of, you know, morality and integrity so that you can do things in alignment with who you're really called to be and set that example for your children. This is a heavy topic. It's really tough. I get it. We're going to keep bringing you more stuff, and we're going to talk about the actual effects of technology on the brain. It actually creates chemical responses in our kids' brains and our brains, especially in our kids' brains because they're developing. There are physical addictions, and the scary part is you might have one and not even realize it. So we're going to talk about that upcoming soon, but this was an episode we had to dive into, and I hope this helps. If this spoke to you, please leave a review, rate the show, and please share this with your friends. We're trying to get this technology information out in front of more people just so they can be conscientious and make the right decisions for their businesses, for their families, and for themselves. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.